0: from the nation's capital this is the fly fishing consultant podcast with your host rob snowett
1: Thank you for downloading the Fly Fishing Consultant Podcast. I'm Rob Snow White, and this is episode 100 of series one. This is the 2017 Shad Run. It was a bit stressful for me. You'll get to hear why. And we're going to give the term Shadness Madness credit to the owner of the term, who is Billy Chesapeake. Now, before you listen to the podcast, I need you to pull up your web browser and and fill out a little survey for my podcast hosting company. And it should only take you about 20 seconds. The website is https colon forward slash forward slash survey dot libsyn dot com slash fly fishing consultant. Libsyn is spelled L-I-B-S-Y-N. If you need me to email this to you, please let me know. I can do that. If we can get more advertisers, I can share this podcast with more people, get more people fly fishing. It's good for us. It's good for the industry. It's good for the environment. Thank you so much for downloading this podcast, and let's have some Shadness Madness fun. Happy Earth Day. That means it's been 27 years since my bar mitzvah. Let's talk about the Shad run so far. This is the first week I've been guiding for Shad. Monday, I had a client from England. He was from Oxford, specifically here on vacation. He met me down at Chain Bridge around nine o'clock. He rode a bike that his hotel has for people to borrow, and he fished the nine foot five weight, seven weight sink tip on there. Again, the typical setup is a shad jig and a snow white damsel. He got into loads of fish. He has fished for trout here and there. He goes around the world with his wife just on vacation. Adam did fairly well. He got into, let's see, what did Adam catch? He got uh, plenty of hickory shad. I think we changed snow white damsel after 36 bites because it finally fell apart. Then on the first cast, with the new Snow White Damsel, he catches about a five-pound American shad from shore. That is crazy successful. And some stripers mixed in. The water was fairly clear. It was raining. He wasn't complaining. He got to see some of the crazy stuff down there. A guy snagged a snakehead from the other side of the river. He was blown away just by that. That sort of made the day let alone all the fish he caught and he saw me call the cops and report guys using cast nets and snagging and who knows what else and the u.s park police officer that came down was like say so adam caught a fish he like say which one of those fish tastes the best i don't know if he was just being naive and he doesn't know that the shatter, and danger and threaten you can't eat them or if he was trying to coax me into saying well i like to eat the american shad the best that is their name the most delicious fish in the river but we throw them back i said so doesn't matter we don't need them client got to see some snake heads up close and after i don't know four hours he was done and i went to pick up the kid at school and then jump forward to what's the next day i worked on the river I'm going to say that was maybe yesterday, and we got into a lot of hickory shad. So my clients were a couple minutes late. The lower lot was full, so they had to park up top. I told them I was going down to the river to claim our spot. I get down there. I got the five-weight set up, and every single cast, I had multiple fish chase my fly. So it was a little chilly. Cloudy, overcast, rainy on Monday. Yesterday was like 85 degrees, bluebird skies, a little bit of clouds, for the most part, hot, sunny, and clear. I could see these hickory shad from 30 feet away coming out of the depths to snap at my fly. It was absolutely incredible. I didn't land them all. I missed a bunch of strikes. These fish do have soft mouths, so it's kind of difficult, but it was absolutely insane just seeing that many fish of that size coming up on every single cast. And then my client and his dad showed up. And again, the secret when the fishing is that hot is you have to strip the fly as fast as possible. And if you don't listen to me, you're not going to hook up into that many fish. The clients come out and they strip, but not fast enough. When I say, if you're burning your finger from the friction, you're going to catch more fish. Once they start learning how to do that, then it's, bent rods all day we got into perch and hickory shad and maybe some herring yesterday we fished for two two and a half hours and it was solid it never really slowed down we saw some snake heads come up we saw at least one spawning pair that were arm length just absolutely massive Not too many snaggers out yesterday, no dirt bags with cast nets, but the amount of litter down there is absolutely disgusting. It is beyond just the fish guts, the jalapenos, the limes, corn tortillas, the beer cans from the people poaching and eating everything at night. There's always wet socks out there from people going in drunk, I'm assuming, based on the beer to get their snags out. They're using hand lines and cast nets and dip nets, all illegal. And I go down there today, and I've got trash bags, but A, my back is killing me. I can't bend over to pick all this stuff up. B, it's half-open things of chicken livers and gizzards and discarded latex gloves and just disgusting things I really didn't want to pick up with my bare hands. I couldn't find my trash grabber. After that, I had a friend meet me down there yesterday, and we fished together for about two hours. I pull out my new Douglas rod i can't remember the model put on my skagit head which is a commando head for five weight and i start roll casting out and not hooking anything with a short leader so i go to a longer leader allowing more time for the fly to sink down and i start hooking fish left and right and landing them the problem is it's hard to strip in the laser running line i think it'd be better like melinda said to use a fly line that's very thin as your running line so i might have to take off that laser line Grab an extra four-weight old fly line off a reel and just use that. might be easier. And, of course, when I go to meet my clients today, my car door – so I'm taking out my rods. They're all set up. They're lined up across the back of my car so there's no tangles. They're spaced evenly like people in the urinals. You know how you won't have guys next to guys next to guys? Urinals will be urinal, guy, urinal, guy, urinal, guy. Or birds on a wire. There's always a spiff it. Pfft. Specific pacing and distance between like pigeons on a telephone wire. So these rods are spaced out and I grab two six weights and a five weight. And as I'm pulling them out, I lean them up against my car or put them on the roof, whatever I did. And then I go to grab my net. And as my net's coming out, it grabs the handle on the reel with the commando head and I take one wrong step and the car door closes and crunches that rod in half. Not out of the box or the tube for 24 hours and that rod already broke. I can tell you that Douglas rod was extremely light and the cork grip on it was what you would expect for an extremely high or high, high, high end rod. It was very soft to the touch, extra flora, no pits, no dents, extremely smoothly sanded. Very high-grade cork on that rod, and now it's broken. Now, the plan is right now, Yoshi and producer Jason are driving down. It rained most of today. I froze my butt off. Client Patrick, uh, so I'm going to go back to the clients before I talk about tomorrow. So I have a group of three guys, and they're spaced out about five feet apart, and roll casting, the hickory shad slowed down compared to yesterday. I don't know if it's because the river was full of herring, you would just look down and see nothing but schools of herring. When I tell clients that you come down in the springtime, you will see more fish in one day than you've seen in your entire life. That was today. The amount of herring in the water, it was almost a snagged fish, maybe every five to six casts. And if you snag a herring in the back on just a regular retrieve, they're very difficult to land for being about a 10-inch long fish. These guys were fighting them on the reel only to find out that it was... A herring when we got it to the net. We caught small hickories, large hickories, we got some large striped bass, a couple of perch, a couple of herring ate the flies, and it was just cold and rainy all day. I had long underwear on, my raincoat just wasn't working, so I got my hoodie wet and the shirt soaked through, and I wasn't wearing waders, so my car hearts got wet, and I was just cold and wet. Went over to Orvis Days, had a sandwich at the Tyson store, came back, showered, started tying flies for tomorrow. Tomorrow is Yoshi and Jason. The plan is we're going to put in at 0800 at Gravelly and motor all the way up to Fletcher's and above Chain Bridge, hoping that this rain is going to kind of boost the striper fishing. So I've caught shad this week. I want to focus on stripers. So I've got eight weights, depth charge. I've got a bunch of 10-inch blue and white. Herring flies that I'm going to throw off the back of the boat with one knot. I've got a fly that it used to be the Circus Peanut from Russ Madden. It's evolved now. I don't know if I can call it a Circus Peanut anymore. It's bigger. It's beefier. This one has got a curly ultra suede tail on the back. Maybe that'll help catch stripers. And I'm gearing up also for neighbor Max. You remember him from the... Iceland podcast. He's going to come out in his duck hunting boat and Holt's going to go up with him. Holt's going to start... Well, he already started guiding for me in his spare time. When you have somebody that knows that much about fishing and has worked in the hospitality industry for that long, they kind of come together. So he's taking on extra clients of mine that I don't have time for. Plus, if I'm out of town or if I just can't make it to the river, Holt's working for me now. So I want him to guide... Max, who's never shattered striped, or striper fished, really, tomorrow. Do you want to say hi?
2: Hello, whoever
1: that is. Whoever that is? What are you talking about, Willis? So that's about it. They should be here in about two hours. I made bacon and caramelized onion quiche for breakfast. We'll eat that on the boat. And then I've got to get back. What time is your birthday party tomorrow that you got to go to? There's a party tomorrow. What time is it?
2: I don't
1: know. You don't know? You need to find that out. Do you know how to tell time? In the morning. No, it's not in the morning. What? Can you tell time yet?
2: No. Tell
1: me when. It's in the afternoon, so we got to come back down. It's in the
2: afternoon. Daddy, what? Whose birthday? I don't know. The party.
1: I think your friend Sarah.
2: What, Sarah? We went to a
1: Christmas party at their house. Can I finish, please? Yeah. You, yep. you and your mom interrupt me constantly. So that's you. it. We'll bring the uh, dat on board tomorrow and try and record some of the fishing. Tell you going to No, stop talking like Cray. Do you have any knock-knock jokes?
2: Knock-knock. Who's there? Siri. Siri who? Siri, I'm eating the lemon.
1: <laughs> you need to learn about humor because that doesn't make sense. There's something called a punchline.
2: Why am I holding a computer?
1: I don't know. Is that a joke? No. All right, I got to go set up gear for tomorrow. You have your phone? No. Alright, Yoshi, you just caught your first shad. How'd it go?
2: Oh, it's nice. Good good, good fish. Looks uh, very
1: beautiful. Silver. Good fish, yeah. You're all covered in scales and slime now.
2: No, no, no. I, no problem. No problem. <laughs> no problem.
1: Alright, so we're above Chain Bridge right now in the eddies. Hooked a couple shad, enough white perch. Get the
2: punch, yeah.
1: And that's Yoshi's first shad, so we're going to get yeah. him on some more.
2: And now, yeah, we, of course. And now I li- I release. release now. Here
1: we go. Ooh. Thank you. Absolutely. All right. The weather turned out nice. Almost a bluebird sky. Cormorants, bald eagles. We got Max over there. What's up, Max? Hey, what's up? How you guys doing? Woohoo! All right, you probably couldn't hear that. It's loud out here. And just above us, I mean, we'll see kayakers coming through there today. All right. Well, let's hope we don't have to do a search and rescue out here. With all these crazy people on the rocks. We'll check back in.
2: Moshi Moshi. Moshi Moshi. I'm Yoshi.
1: <laughs>
2: so how was your first shad
1: fishing trip oh, up here?
2: Finally, I've got uh, two shots. I got two shots, right? All right. Yeah, it's fighting is very exciting. And uh, this river is very
1: cozy. <laughs> There's yeah. a, an actual fish's swim bladder f- floating by us right now. Strangeness. So, big river, fast. A little I, more aggressive type of fishing than you're used to. Uh, yeah,
2: actually, this is the first, uh, first time for me to boat fishing. So, yeah, so it's not too affra- uh, afraid. It's good, yeah.
1: A lot faster though, the strip. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Not like drifting a dry fly.
2: Yeah, I, I never used. Uh, uh, such a fast stripping, so just a little bit uh, confused, but now, yeah, okay. I can do it. Yeah,
1: and are you a professional anchor puller upper now,
2: <laughs> yes, I am. I'm professional <laughs> anchor drop down, yes, right. I, must- <laughs>
0: <laughs> I must.
2: I must it.
1: And Jason, how'd you do today?
0: I did well, okay. I got my first decent sized striper told- of my life. Other than that, some some nice fight for some shad and a beautiful place to be in. It's all that matters. Do you think you'd see that
1: many snaggers up here?
0: Uh, yeah, that was that was brutal. <laughs> they, they all had huge, heavy hooks on, and yeah. Look out, snakeheads!
1: Look at that. So there's there's a boat going by us in a divorce boat. The woman's paddling and the dude's fishing in the back.
0: I don't think that's her husband. Okay is that
1: like an uber rower like you can, <laughs> they should have that out here rent a rower like the, the kids from crew can do a weekend job just rowing job. people <laughs> yeah true that <laughs> all right well we're gonna pull anchor we gotta head back down river and i'll keep you all abreast of how the rest of the Shadow week goes all right guys and you're headed back up north
2: take care bye
1: that was away from jason All right, you want- Let me start at the beginning from yesterday's adventure. My alarm did not go off at 6.45 in the morning. At about 6.50 I opened my eyes. Normally the pixie would have us up on a weekend that early, but she didn't. So I went downstairs and I heated up three slices of the caramelized onion and bacon quiche. While Jason and Yoshi were gearing up and getting ready, Jason made a massive pot of coffee for the two of them. And we rolled out a little late. The plan was to start a little bit earlier due to the afternoon events that I had to get to. And the wife taking an Uber at 3.30ish or 3 o'clock to Nova Scotia. We get to the boat ramp fairly quickly. There's no traffic on Sunday mornings. And we put the boat in. It's a bit windy and chilly down there. Yoshi puts on waders just for the extra layers. I'm actually wearing gloves, my sims woodproof glommets i've got a wool hat on i see neighbor max just chilling in his boat down there yeah max's boat's a lot faster than mine probably should have put yoshi or jason in his boat and we moved up river i don't know it's about six or seven miles uh slightly incoming tide but it still took about an hour hour and 15 minutes it felt like to get up there my arm was numb from holding the tiller Max would roll up about a quarter mile, fish a spot, wait for us, and then go up and it's just criminal that he's got a 20 horsepower and it's that fast. His boat is also lighter and has fewer people in it. I don't know what time we rolled into Fletchers. Jason and Yoshi had to go and get licenses. I gave Max a sink full sinking line, 350 grain. He put that on his sage nine foot six weight, and then we rolled on up to above. The cove, I don't know what it is about people in the cove. They always give me, I feel like the stink eye when I'm moving through. I'm going super slow, no wake, and everyone just seems like you're in the way of their fishing when there's 20 something rowboats, canoes, kayaks, John boats, paddle boards out there. You basically have, it's like going through a Plinko board game without hitting the posts. There's one guy who's rowing towards shore with his kids' lines in two directions out the back of the boat. Now, I'm going faster than him. He's rowing slower, and he just gives me this look like I am completely in his way. I could not have gone around him because I would have run over his kids' spinning lines in any direction to his bow. Um, We eventually passed him, and he made it on his way. We bumped into, we saw Thomas and Scott out there. There are several other TPFR members and people I knew. I just can't tell you apart when you're wearing sunglasses, probably a buff, and you're a couple hundred feet away from me. Sorry if you recognize me, wanted to say hi or wave, and I didn't wave back. It's just, I don't know who anybody is. So from there, we make our way up to the chain bridge, and both shorelines from the cove up is just snakehead snaggers. Probably every 10 to 20 feet, there's somebody, the closer you get to the bridge, the more of people just standing there, smoking, throwing their cigarette butts in the water, just looking around with a spinning rod and some kind of bright twine or yarn line and then a one-ounce weighted, like, six-aught treble hook. And these guys, it's illegal to do that, but they're on both shores. We don't really catch much other than white perch below the bridge, so we motor up above the bridge to the small eddy, Yoshi catches his first hickory shad of all time. We get pictures of that. And the whole thing is we're trying to teach Yoshi how to fish for shad because he's mostly a trout angler. He's got little strips, and he wants to use his rod and and line. His sink tip wouldn't have cut it there. Plus, he didn't have a loop at the end for me to add a new leader. His was like nail knotted to his fly line tip. I didn't have this stuff on me to, to force a loop and then weld it on there. So I set him up with my nine and a half foot six weight and a full sinking line. He definitely struggled. He had trouble, but he was getting into perch. He did. I think Yoshi had loads of fun. I think, like you said, that's the first time fishing on a boat. And in that scenific, scenic of a location with that many fish, it's pretty amazing. There were massive carp and stripers coming up next to us, catfish jumping, perch, shad, herring everywhere. I do notice that Again, above Chain Bridge on both shorelines is nothing but snaggers. And then above the alien platform, there are people just dip netting. Now, I don't have my binoculars, so I can't tell if they're dip netting shad, which is gizzard shad only is legal. But they're probably taking herring. So I called that in. Nobody came down. I said, basically, there are 40 people out here fishing illegally. And there's so many of them, there's no place for anglers to go. They're taking up the entire shoreline on both shores. See a couple bald eagles. There used to be so many more blue herons down there. I don't know if it's because of the numbers of people that just completely cover the shoreline that is keeping the herons away. I just don't see the herons like I used to. There seems to be fewer cormorants than 10 to 15 years ago. There was more vultures, and we saw two adult bald eagles and at least one to two juveniles down in the cove and we fished and stripped and swung our flies and the striper bite was hot i got two nice fat schoolies on the snow white damsel and then one on my seven to eight inch herring fly that i tied up the night before i think yoshi got his grabs in the snow white damsel they were both were fishing one 16th jigs with a damsel behind it and then jason of course gets his double hookup of a fat striper and a hickory shad And lots of white perch. Once you find a school of white perch, you know, after three to four casts in there and landing three to four fish, one per cast, you just want to move to a different spot. Max and Andrew were above us. They were getting into fish the whole time, going up and down. Max's boat can cut through that current. That water is crazy fast. It's very concentrated because above Chain Bridge, it's very wide. That's where Little Falls is, I don't know, maybe a quarter mile more wide. And then it goes to maybe 30 yards wide. So all that water is forced through a narrow spot, which increases its turbidity, makes it extremely dangerous. I don't know how the guys on the Virginia side don't just fall in and drown walking up on those rocks. And you're not going to find a police officer that's going to go up there to stop them, mainly because it's the Virginia side and it is no longer D.C. territory. Um, But it's still regulated by the park police, I believe. I just don't go up there. They say you can snag and shoot fish up there as much as you want on the Virginia side, which we saw plenty of snagging going on. We fished from 9.30 till about 12.30 up there, and then went back down to the cove, dropped anchor off of Walker's Point after saying hi to Scott and Thomas. Dropped anchor and got in some very strong fish down there. Yoshi got another shad. Jason caught a bunch, lost a few. I caught the biggest hickory shad I've ever seen, up to maybe 20 inches long. I thought it was an American. I got an American shad as well to the boat. don't think we caught any stripers down there, but they were definitely fish off Walker's Point. We had the place to ourselves At that point, from 1230 until 145, we had the entire base of that area to ourselves. And then I called it at 1245, pull anchor, head back down to D.C. into gravelly point that took about 45 minutes to get down there outgoing tide with the current a couple more boats on the way down a lot more rocks were exposed the amount of garbage the entire shoreline from gravelly up there is plastic it's absolutely disgusting i can't tell you how many mangled and tangled balloons we saw caught up in logs along the riverbank but bottles cans plastic of every kind Just garbage, those little things for single use, cleaning your teeth, toothpicks. It's tampon dispensers, it's bottle caps, it's pens, it's plastic cigarette lighters. Just single use plastic that ends up in the river forever. And if you eat seafood, you're basically eating all of that. We pulled out uh, after watching the planes take off because they go right over Gravelly Point. And I got a text from the wife saying, you need to be home now. So I head back with the boat while they're unloading all the gear into their car. I get back, and it turns out I wasn't needed. Beth came by to watch the kid, our neighbor Beth, sister-wife, in case. I didn't make it back in time. Uber arrives about a minute after I show up, and then the guys show up. Wife's off for an awful flight north. It took her like six hours to get there due to layover traffic. And then I basically unloaded the boat while the kid was at a playdate next door. And today I'm working on contacting clients. We're supposed to get about an inch of rain overnight. Today's clients had to cancel. It's not even raining today, but the river's expected to jump several inches. So Wednesday, Thursday, Friday clients, I am not sure about at this time. That is the trouble with this type of employment. If the weather sucks, you don't get to work, you don't make money. So I am working on the website, cleaning my office, cleaning up the house today and i'm going to go to the dry cleaner and pick up my healing water shirt got it all nice and ironed cuz i just couldn't get all the wrinkles out the new shirts are extremely wrinkle susceptible that's it for so far the shadcast this week today is april 24th i will keep you up to date with the rest of the shad fishing up until the healing waters tournament as i've got client that morning All right, it's almost the end of April, and we just finished up with Jason and Yoshi over the weekend. The clients on Monday both had to cancel. Tuesday, I had off. Wednesday was a client from the Tampa area. He works for Delta Airlines as a pilot. He used to be a C-5 pilot. If you don't know what a C-5 is, it's pretty much the largest airplane the Air Force has. Look it up. So we got into all sorts of fish from shore that day. Hickories and American shad, white perch numbers have been increasing in the last several days. And of course, the damsel, if you twitch it right at the end at your feet from shore, we call it the consolation fish, you're almost guaranteed to catch a a perch right at the end before you roll cast to pop it out into the seam for your next fish. We fished for four hours that day, and it was solid action most of the day. Big Americans on the damsel right under the surface, which is very surprising to me. And we saw one of the snaggers get a snakehead near us, so my client got to see a snakehead up close. We opened its mouth with the pliers, got to play with it, knocked on its skull. Pretty cool fish. I was very glad he got to fish it. The next day, the 27th, I got into more shad with my clients. Not as many as I'd hoped, but it was a learning process. One had barely fly-fished at all. The other one, fairly experienced, They're Texans, and by now the water was really starting to go up. A lot of rain in central Virginia earlier in the week. We're talking Richmond, Charlottesville, Harrisonburg, so all the water that dumped into the Shenandoah rivers had now reached the Potomac, and the river's starting to go up. Where it had been about three feet on the gauge, it's now at about four, four and a half feet, so very few places for us to stand on shore. The outgoing tide was easy to fish. The incoming, very few places to fish were about six feet back from where the normal shoreline is. Made it quite difficult. A lot of roll casting practice, a lot of roll casting techniques were put into place. And finally, we started getting into some fish. We got some nice stripers, loads of perch. Uh, The amount of perch was absolutely crazy. And we fished uh, most of the day. Had some good sandwiches on shore while we waited for the tide to change. More snakehead snaggers showing up every day, calling in, you know, legal fishing activity, the litter bugs, the cast netters, the dip netters. The herring were in all over the place. It's harder to see the fish now because the water clarity is dropping. And by Friday, client was Russell. He came in from Kentucky, from Louisville, and we got down to the river, and it was just too high. The water, I had been stressing out all week watching the water levels, and we fished for a little bit. We tried fishing some of the little inlets where the creeks are, where the water's running and clear, meeting the muddy water. Fish popping everywhere, we called it. It was just too high, couldn't see anything, no tugs. That's not what the shad fishing is about. That is the antithesis of it. It should be relatively clear, low water, and regular tugs of flies. So we packed it up, went downstream, and fished four mile run from shore. It was an, uh, I think it was an outgoing tide. We fished the new park on the northern side, just walking the cleared shoreline. Largemouth, big largemouth, absolutely stacked up everywhere. We cast a yellow perch, white perch, different types of little bluegills and red breast sunfish. Maybe because it was a bluebird day, we just could not get a single bite. We walked up and down the shoreline between Glebe Road and the outflow two to three times and nothing. Absolutely nothing. And that was it for Friday's client. Saturday, we had to call the client off. It was just the water's just too high. That was the morning of... Project Healing Waters Two Fly. So I got to sleep in, pack my car up slowly, and drive out to Rose River Farm with no issues. It was um, it was nice being able to sleep in after having so many clients in a row. But the weather has just been screwing us, and it looks like there's gonna be more rain in the forecast after the Two Fly tournament. Looks like this might be the last warm weekend for a while. So I got my fingers crossed. I'm monitoring Doppler radar and river levels up and down the Potomac, and I'm I'm nervous. I'm nervous for next week. So we're going to see what happens. I'm going to send Jason the files now for the two-fly tournament, and I'm going to start packing up my gear for the rest of the week. I've got clients early in the morning, tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. at Chain Bridge, so I will fill you in on how that goes. Just when we think the Shadron is coming To its peak it looks like it's going to be the end of the line for us. We started off Monday with high muddy brown water, very few places to stand, and we fished. It was mostly perch, very few hickories, just high off-colored water. Seems like this is a recurring theme this spring, that super low clear, big storm, two weeks to drain. Soon as it starts getting nice, big storm, two weeks to drain. Ended up having to cancel clients midweek because of the rain. Water levels just too high. So hoping that this weekend, what I'm going to do, I've been watching Doppler, I've been watching water levels, River Boss, NOAA, USGS. Constantly monitoring the upcoming threat of rain, which is supposed to be pretty nasty for the weekend. Supposed to have eight hours on the boat on tributaries of the Potomac, Saturday and Sunday. So we're going to see how those go. I'm going to go ahead, get out to the grocery store, the butcher shop up the street, start buying materials for lunch. Irregardless, if you know we decide to cancel, at least we'll have nice lunch here at home. Let's keep our fingers crossed that this weekend is not going to be a total washout. But Chainbridge, I think, is that's it for the year up there for me. I'm I'm pretty sure I'm calling it. Well, let's go over Saturday's trip on the boat. We put in at 0800, and the water was very, very high. I'm surprised there were not carp snakeheads up on the sidewalks where I've seen other places. The water was definitely about two, two and a half, three feet higher than normal. We motored up to the tidal creeks, and basically the MO of the day was just drop anchor and sit in one spot, let the fish come to us. If it wasn't fishing well, we would pull the anchor up, we meaning me. I could use Yoshi as a sidekick in my boat. So Yoshi, if you ever want a job, be an anchor boy. Let me know. So the first four hours were Joe, and then the first, sorry, the second four hours were Joe, and we'll call him Francis. Joe was getting into fish all morning. We got, wow, we got channel cats, we got white perch, we got some big crappie, eaten size apparently, and then it started raining, and it was cold, and I'm glad I wore my kayaking jacket, and the water was ripping through, you know, almost too fast for me to row. Probably should have used the trolling motor. But, I mean, talk about a nasty, nasty day of fishing. This, this was it. But we were rewarded. Uh, throughout the rest of the day, we picked up Francis. Eventually, we landed 10 species of fish between the two anglers. Joe lost a snakehead on the damsel right at the boat. I, the head was out of the water if we had the net maybe we could have gotten it and we just kind of went in a circle in one small area and just worked the rocks and the drop-offs and the current seams and the foam lines and it was it was pretty awesome joe never complained about the cold rain i'm wearing waders i've got long underwear on i would have worn gloves if i could have latex wrists neoprene neck gasket And Joe is just wearing like a hoodie and a pair of work pants. I don't know how that dude does it, but I might just be the softest fishing guide out there. And the amount of blue herons was astronomical. The ospreys were everywhere, vultures. There was a merganser hanging out with a goose. It was an awesome day. No shad. And then Sunday, I met clients from 8 to noon and... We lost one big fish and I think maybe caught one fish in the morning session. And maybe, I think we got skunked with the two ladies. It was difficult. The wind was howling. Gusts were up to 20. Got the anchor line stuck at least twice in the morning. Just, I mean, almost had to cut it loose, which I didn't want to do. So we had to motor up and motor back and motor up to the left, motor to the right. Finally, it pulled free. And after pulling the anchor line so much on Saturday, I wore sun gloves on Sunday just to have that extra protection. Like I said, it was windy. The anchor just was not holding on the north side of the water. We worked four hours hard nonstop, lost some big fish. They didn't land anything. In the afternoon, I think we got maybe two fish. So it was eight hours of rowing in circles, pulling up anchor, dropping anchor, trying to get anchors unstuck, uh, Everybody became a fantastic role caster by the end of the day. I'm trying to think, you know, my client was like six, five size 15 boots and that stealth crow stealth craft casting platform held him up. Nothing went wrong. His wife can be an awesome caster from, from now on. And then as I'm on my way out, I get a call that there's a party at the house. So I had to go and get burger fixings for 20 people and pickles and condiments and, didn't know how much beer we had, so I had to go get beer. It turns out there was a baby shower for one of the moms in the neighborhood. And the moms just wanted to keep going on Sunday. So we had a bunch of families over and kids everywhere. And that's just what makes this neighborhood so great. I come home, and I basically made burgers, and uh, Donovan and Jeff manned the grill. And I got to hang out with Rob a little bit. That's the problem. There's five Robs in this neighborhood. And then the wives all hung out and talked, and that was it. Went back out on Wednesday to the same spot. The water had dropped by maybe three feet. And I forgot to tell you about all the snakeheads. The snakeheads were jumping over rapids. The snakeheads were jumping for no reason. We almost had three per day land in the boat. It may have been the same fish both days, Saturday and Sunday, that we hit with the oar And the fish jumped in the air in the same spot and it was landed in the boat. We saw a snakehead jump out of the water, slide across a picnic table-sized rock, and back into the water for no reason. Just stunning to see that. And basically ended the spring season on Wednesday. The water dropped. It was beautiful. Absolutely stunning day. Uh, The client fished for four hours. He had to leave early. So I called up Art and Holt, and they came out. But my client in the morning got into hickory shed and perch, striped bass. We saw snakeheads. The water was clear. It was flowing. There videos of the blue herons. I counted 25 without moving my head to the left or the right at one point. It was astonishingly beautiful. Bluebird day. No wind. Art came out. He double hooked up on two stripers with Tommy Mattioli's flies. We were throwing some seven, inch flies, trying to see if anything big was down there, nothing. Holt was using spin and fly. And again, if you want to do some light spin guided trips around the D.C. metro area, Andrew is now going to be uh, guiding for me if I hadn't mentioned that before. So we've got the whole GW Parkway, and he's got some other spots. He's a kayak angler, so if you can bring your own kayak or want to borrow my canoe, you're more than welcome to do that. And The three of us just hung out, laughed, caught fish, and I honestly left in time, uh, picked up some stuff for my aquarium, and got there just in time to pick my daughter up from her last extended day at 4 o'clock. Unfortunately, I left my sunroof open, and we got about two to three inches of rain while we went to Manhattan for the weekend. I didn't realize that. I opened up the back of my car and couldn't figure out what the smell was. turns out it was wet sun gloves on the seat and my cup holders were completely full of water everything the front soaking wet so i'm drying out the car now and i'm done with the shad season i didn't expect we'd get into so many hickories on wednesday but we did and now we're going to start focusing uh largemouth bass gar snakeheads and carp we saw a couple of gar from the boat and that's it i hope you all enjoyed the spring shad run podcast i'm going to do a summary of it uh, just my thoughts and cover it. But that's how the last two months have been going down here in D.C. If you've never fished the shad run, you need to get down here. It's the most exciting, least technical fly fishing you will ever experience. Let me summarize the 2017 Shadron. I've got some bullet points here. I want to stop making bullet points because if I keep writing them, I'm never going to get this podcast to Jason. Today is May 22nd. Apologize for not getting a podcast out sooner. I've got an interview tomorrow, so that'll be coming up next. These are my observations from guiding. They're not representative of everyone else's shadron up and down the river. I fish one spot. I fish out of the boat once. I don't fish out of Fletcher's. I don't fish the D.C. side. My jurisdiction is basically chain bridge to Mount Vernon off the George Washington Memorial Parkway. There was an early start to the Shadron due to an abnormally warm winter. And I waited a couple weeks from going out and catching two to three fish per hour, which people reporting. I want my clients to catch, you know, two to three fish in five or six casts. I did fewer trips this year and had to cancel more trips due to inclement weather. We definitely had some major rain systems come through, which blew out the river. And it's taken right now. The river is still kind of blown out, and the rain was about two weeks ago. I was very stressed and nervous about weekends where I'd be out of town and not able to work. There was the whole week gone for spring break. There was the Healing Waters trip or Healing Waters weekend. Where else would I have been? Uh, a weekend in Manhattan. Just some other times where I'm not here and just happens those were also weekends where the river was blown out. It was blown out, I'd say, almost 30% of the shad run. I want that water low and clear. I want easy access to the riverbank. And we didn't have that most of the time. So maybe two to three major storms with several weeks for the clarity and water levels to drop. The fish are still in there, But they're harder to access, they're more spread out, we can't see them, it's harder for them to see our flies, and just can't get to where I want my clients to stand. We had seen fewer northern snakeheads this year than other seasons, maybe one or two, three or four came up to us, looked at us and went down, not sure why. There were no bizarre catches this year, nothing out of the ordinary, nothing surprising, Nothing that took us into the backing that required the net. Just one of those things, maybe because, you know, we're out less, so fewer chances to catch something like that. We did catch more American shad from shore than any other year since I started guiding out there, which was phenomenal. There's nothing like hooking into an American shad on a five weight fly rod or watching a client hook into one on a five weight. There was only one day where we got into loads of white perch. They just didn't arrive, or if they were there, it was on the days we weren't down fishing for them. There's some days where the consolation fish, where after you've done swinging your streamer weight-headed jig heads or your damsel nymphs, and you bring your fly into roll cast and you catch a perch by accident, that's the consolation fish, didn't really happen this year. It was great introducing local anglers to the shad run that have never fished it before. It was also super fun to take clients from Texas, from England, and Japan out for the shad run, things that clients from out of town never thought they'd get into. Remember, most people, when they think of shad, think of maybe a two-inch gizzard shad in a reservoir that's used for bait for larger species. A lot of anglers around the country don't associate shad with the large ones that were catching down here in the Potomac. The litter bugs continue to disgust me. I just don't get how people can leave all of that refuse behind. I don't know who these people were raised by or where they were raised or what goes on in your mind, but I, I'm appalled by what people leave behind on the river. It's disgusting. I wish that every one of them could get fined and have their water turned off for a month. There's just not as many officers out there to do that. We got into fewer schooly stripers than most years. Only a couple caught for shore. We caught some nice ones from the boat. Jason, as you heard earlier, caught a double hookup of a hickory and a nice striper. Just fewer than last year. I remember, I think it was uh, Alex from the wide down was catching them. It was like 73 fish in 90 minutes we caught last year. Because Ervy roll cast, he would catch a schooly striper. That didn't happen this year. I want to say that April 21st was the peak date. That was the date I was fishing before my clients got there. And it's not hyperbole when I say I was getting two to three bites per cast, per fly, every cast for about 10 to 15 minutes. That is not hyperbole. That water was the lowest, the clearest it has been the entire shad run. And every cast was lighting up. Fish scales that I could see 20, 30 feet out from the sun. Just silver flashes chasing my flies. It was absolutely incredible. The newest pattern, the Lotte Bug, worked. No surprise there. We'll tie those up again at Beer Tide next year. I caught my personal best, Hickory Shad, from the boat, out with Jason and Yoshi, Yoshi Yoshi-san. What did Yoshi say? His funny. Yoshi, Yoshi. Moshi, Moshi, Yoshi? I don't remember. No crappie this year, no quillback, no largemouth, no smallmouth, no needlefish. It was pretty much American shad, hickory shad, white perch, maybe one bluegill. The best, again, fishing day was when the waters, the lowest and clearest, fished just under the surface. More snaggers than any other year. The cops don't seem to really enforce that as much as other illegal fishing activities Don't know why, but I just saw that many people on shore and from the boat. The cops could have cleaned up that day writing tickets. Really only fished two patterns this year. Shad jigs and damsels. Didn't really do chenille body flies. Didn't really do shad busters. Didn't really fish shad puffs. Just go with what works, and it did. Uh, OPST. That commando head was awesome for roll casting the line out. Unfortunately, I broke the rod the day after that I got for using that line. And it's hard to strip that thin line in, the laser running line. But if you want to roll cast, far from shore, No one else is there. We got skunked. Unfortunately, we got to the river and it just wasn't fishable. So we went to four mile run and couldn't get a fish there. We hooked a couple. Those largemouth and other species were just not biting. Uh, Unfortunately, that was the only day we did not catch a single fish. We also didn't really hang out at Chain Bridge for more than 30 minutes. Again, roll casting is key from shore. Once you learn how to do that, you will get into more fish. I don't want you overhand casting from shore. You're going to destroy and break flies and just cause more destruction and chaos. Boat day, loads of fun. Maybe next year, Jason and Yoshi can come down. We'll fish a couple hours one day from shore, and then we'll get up early and do the boat the next day. The wife keeps saying she wants to hang out with Jason more, but the fishing and schedules just don't allow it. Seven-weight sink tip on the five-weight is finally being retired after about six years of guiding for shad. It's just brittle and cracked in too many spots. Other than me, I'm the only one that broke a rod. There was no lost gear, no major injuries, no poison ivy. Nobody fell in. I'll take that as a plus. And I got one speeding ticket. And since I'm doing an interview for the podcast tomorrow, I'm going to opt out of going to traffic court. I'm going to pay my ticket. And that is it for the shad run for this year. I had fun on the days we went out. It was good. The difficulty of being a fishing guide is you don't earn money when the weather sucks. So I did take a hit this year, but I'm looking forward to a busy summer. I'm pretty much booked almost through August right now. Even some trips in September lined up. So that's it, everybody. Thanks for listening to this one. Jason, thanks for coming down. Yoshi, thank you for pulling the anchor line. Any day you want to hang out on the boat, pull that anchor, you're more than welcome. All right, Jason, take it away. Do your thing.
0: Thank you for joining us for the Fly Fishing Consultant Podcast. For more information or to contact Rob, please go to www.robsnowwhite.com.